Alrighty, your Halloween week continues at Pints and Popcorn here uh, uh, with a double feature today with the film Sinister from 2012 and Bliss from 2019. Uh, uh, just a little bit of a double feature link that um, we kind of did a, a soft link between the films with both uh, featuring artists um, that are uh, you know desperate for another another moment of glory uh, stuck in a rut kind of thing and it's a... Um, a little mental battle that they're facing that is, again, uh, told through the prism of horror, uh, both in very different ways, um, but both uh, very effective and great films. So this is your spoiler warning. Um, if you haven't seen Sinister and or Bliss, uh, Sinister will be the first film up and then Bliss will be um, uh, halfway through there. So, uh, yeah, just if you haven't seen either of them, recommend giving them a go. Or just when you hear the discussion start for either or. But we do talk about both intermittently. So it's um, best if you haven't seen either of them and you are looking to see them, uh, watch them before you uh, get onto this podcast episode. But if you have seen them, then let's get right ahead. Hey, Shay. How's your uh, 2020. Okay, let's start. <laughs> hey, Shay. How's your uh, 2020 quarantine been? Oh, it's been uh, pretty good. You know, hung out, had a bonfire, painted the walls, had a pool party. Even mow my lawn. You know, just been hanging out. It's productive. New details today in the grisly murders of a local family found earlier this week. I didn't want to move here. We couldn't afford to live in the old house anymore. Plus, the new story I'm writing is here. Is the story a good one this time? I'm going to write the best book that anybody's ever read. I got a really good feeling about this. <laughs> You gotta be kidding me. Family hanging out. Barbecue Saturday night. That's the family who lived here. You think these are serial murders? I don't know. First one I found dates back to the 60s. The only link between all these cases is the symbol. The symbol is associated with a pagan deity named Bagul. He consumes the souls of human children. I have never been onto something this big before. Early Christians believed that Bagul actually lived in the images themselves and that they were gateways into his realm. Children exposed to the images were especially vulnerable to Bagul's abduction. Sweetheart, what are you doing? Painting. I wanted to paint her picture. Who are you talking about? Stephanie. She's living. Pints and popcorn back with another Halloween week edition. I'm gonna, we're going to be throwing up a few of these. So um, yeah. doing double, <laughs> they're doing something different. Like we did, um, the after midnight and um, battery one that'll be coming. That 
Well, you'll hear by the time this one's out. Um, do the double feature there, and I just thought we'd keep the double feature thing going um, with some theme, like loosely tied themes, because um, the two films today we're doing is uh, Sinister from 2012 and Bliss from just uh, last year, I think it's 2019 one. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing I just looked at both of them was like um, horror films that deal with people. It's a desperation for success tied in with money as well, like both. Both films deal with money stresses and and the obvious talent they have within them. They're trying to pull out of themselves to uh, to make money, but also they say it's you know to help their families or just help themselves. But you know it's like they're also destro- destroying themselves and whoever they love to get there. And it's like what's what's the worth of that? You know, the, and both of them end kind of uh, <laughs> not happily for their. Uh, their respective crews in the film. Um, obviously, spoiler alert, will be at the start of this as they are at every one, so we don't need to mm. about, worry about um, spoiling anything because if you if you listen this far, then you know what you're getting into. Um, they all fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> they do. It's wild. Yeah. Um, and it's just the main characters are just so selfish yeah. at the end of the day. And it's like they are the reason that everybody around them dies. And it... And it's just, it's not even for money, really. It's, like, about their own egos, I think, yeah. more than anything. And, yeah, the money is a big part of it. But, like, when you see Ethan Hawke talking to his wife, I think his name's Ellison in it, he's, you know, mm. he's really going in on, like, this could be my like, my best book ever, you know? And it's, like, more, like, he says it could be a bestseller, but it's obviously even more that, like, he gets his name back out there and people respect his work again because it sounds like he had a couple flubs. Yeah, and then obviously the main character in Bliss. It's a whole different story, and we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll start with Sinister, um, which is a film that um, has recently made a hit. Like, um, I'm part of a few different horror pages on um, Facebook, and this there was an article article that came out just recently, just when I was random on like, I, but they did it, some someone did a scientific study um, of just uh, reading heart rates throughout films and Sinister had the highest average heart rate. It didn't have the highest moment. I think, I can't remember which film actually, I, it doesn't matter for this. Something with a jump scare probably. Yeah, it was something like there was a jump scare moment in another film that had the highest peak heart rate, but for a average heart rate throughout a film, Sinister was the one that won, which uh, caused a lot of, there was a lot of people, that movie's fucking shit. I don't understand. This science doesn't understand horror fans. And I'm like, well, you guys aren't understanding what the article's saying. It's not saying it's just, it's just by their metric of average heart rate. Um, just yeah. It's the scariest film. And look, I'm, I'm not saying it's a scary, like I've got different, but everyone's got different ideas of what, um, you know, Andre, you know, it's funny, me and Andrea talk about like what movies scare us the most. And she is terrified of anything supernatural, demonic, um, exorcist yeah. style stuff. That stuff to me is, uh, I that that's the stuff that I watch that I find scary in the moment, but doesn't ha- hang with me as much because demonic stuff is like i'm just you know i just i don't believe in you know christianity or anything like that so then therefore like but then and even her with like it's just but she just has because she's grown up with that fear of that stuff that that scares her whereas i'm the kind of person that scream and movies about real people stabbing people is what absolutely actually gets is what hangs with me because that's the i like what humans can do to each other is the most scariest thing and i've often talked about the strangers being a film that chills me to my core and makes me and i think about it all the time maybe i'll watch that tonight yeah um so sinister is somewhere in between for me because and it's one that well it feels like a real person could be doing it right like at at first you know you see the demon in it but like 
The demon doesn't actually One, do anything though. It is the demon conning, controlling the, the children. Yeah. So yeah. So there's a. So Andrea, stay away. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. it is just like so creepy when his daughter, you know, ends up being the person that does that mm-hmm. and drugs them and all that stuff. And like you see how it like actually all comes together. It was, it's a really yeah. I think it's underrated for, as far as because you don't think about that when you think about recent scary movies. Yeah, well, that's what, it's one that flew under the radar for me for a while. I only saw it probably, like, it came out in 2012. I think I half watched it probably when we were in college, but I was like, I was probably, I think it was one of those ones I threw on after one of our one of our many bar visits, and I didn't really watch it properly. So, um, <laughs> yeah. it was only when me and Andrea were married, we were like, just, we pumped through a lot of movies, and it was like, hey, I've heard good things about this one, but, you know, let's give it a watch. And um, I, actually, I think we watched the second one first, because it was just randomly on our... Uh, Netflix or something was available and we watched the second one we're like oh the second one was pretty fun um, so we went back and watched the first one and uh, really enjoyed it so it is underrated it is plenty of people know about it but it is underrated at the same time in the um, even in the horror circles you don't hear people talk about it quite as much as um, some other films uh, it's an earlier kind of Blumhouse one as well like before they I think it might even be like a year before The Conjuring possibly or um, which is one, one of the films that really kind of put that studio on the on the map as far as really um, they're, they're kind of horror stable that they've got going now of franchises and and whatnot. But Sinister was one that was very, like a low, very, a great low budget kind of one. Like it's, it's obviously not low budget, what we were talking about with the battery and after midnight last week, but <laughs> yeah, horror, horror <laughs> yeah. movies, even like The Conjuring and stuff like that, they, they're always, that's what, I mean, what's, that's what Blumhouse does is they like, they're like tight scripts that could be shot like, you know, one location more or less um, beyond, you know, little shots here and there elsewhere um, that can be done very easily and shit. Because horror movies, obviously, there's some gore and blood and stuff, but like a lot of the other stuff is really, there's not like a high cost to it, like a, obviously an Avengers or Star Wars movie with, you know, tri- trillions of dollars pumped into special effects and yeah. um Obviously not trillions, but it was just a, an exaggeration beyond. Probably the, overall, it's probably happened. Yeah, if you add up all the movies. Yeah, add up the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the cost of those. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, Sinister was just I. It hangs with me more than a lot of other. Um, I don't know if I might pick that up. There was, there was <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a ghost in your, your apartment. Um, Demonic children. <laughs> Yeah, Sinister just hangs with you because there's a there's a creepy there's a vibe throughout the film. Um, the the well, the Super Eight films themselves, which were actually they shot them on Super Eight to give them that kind of look, and um, that was really real done. I think you sent me a Snapchat when you were first watching it um, last week of the opening scene, and that I think that's what sets the vibe for me first is the they open with that first family film, and it's just. Super slow motion too, yeah. like, yeah, it's yeah. fucked. Yeah. <laughs> it lets you know right away what's gonna happen. Yeah, when you've got yeah, it's a family of four that's hanging from a tree, and then then, then it's like, and then the slow motion of their legs kicking as they try, you know, the, the last gasps are escaping them, and because that's not how you're supposed to hang people. You're supposed to break the neck. All right, this is getting weird, but hey, it's spooky. Well, yeah, that's well, why we talk about it? Yeah, no, we can talk about. It. Well, that, well, that's that's why in the old, you know. They kick, you know, the old west. They like have the drop the galleys, yeah, yeah, the drop doors that fall away because you meant to the quick, quick drops uh, snaps the neck and. But or you can slowly hang them by just having. That's them why, like, all that stuff is terrifying that they do. And I mean, 
thankfully they don't show the lawnmower <laughs> scene too much. Yeah, yeah. But at that point, you're just like, you know what's going to happen, and you're just like, Jesus fucking mm-hmm. Christ. <laughs> like, and yeah, it, it wasn't big budget, except maybe like a few of the like, I don't know, that hang, that tree hanging scene might have been hard to do. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I will. Yeah. And then the fire. But other than that, you know, it's mostly him just like watching a, <laughs> watching film yeah. and then like looking stressed out. So, yeah. And both films, I guess, uh, it's interesting that both of them have like the main characters uh, diving into substances to kind of deal with their anxieties and, and issues with the, um, with their, uh, but yeah, in, in Sinister, obviously, Ethan Hawke's Ellison, Ellison Oswald is his character's name. He's the, um, yeah, dives into the whiskey very quickly once he finds that box of tapes, which I think we probably all would in that situation. I don't know how I'd I do. I think all those that. people do, yeah. yeah. Like the crime investigators. Yeah. There's a moment early in the film when he's watched, I think, he's watched two of the Super 8 videos and he, and he calls the police. Like, he has that moment where he he, could, he almost does the right thing. <laughs> and then, like you said, at the start of the bot, like, it's ego... Um, his ego gets in the way and he decides that no, I'm a crime writer and I've done this before and I, this can be my, my, my masterpiece and, and he, uh, yeah, doesn't, doesn't go through with the phone call and because well, all this is like evidence and like, obviously they do piece it together in the end of what's going on. Unfortunately, it's just, um, too late. It's to poison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, very much the ego. Um, <laughs> and it's like this in some, well, a lot of horror films that deal with like this kind of stuff is like people ha- always have the chance to do the right thing, but it's the human human fault in us that sometimes leads us down the wrong path. Um, An American like, werewolf in London, yeah, does that. <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, right from the start, I think, and I I was watching for different moments in the film that like lend itself to a. Uh, to what's going on later on and like even early right early when the daughter's saying i didn't want to do that like she's painting a wall and he's like oh if you help us move these boxes we'll uh, do you know you can um i can't remember what he's tons are with but he, she says right she's like no you wanted to move here like we didn't want to move here yeah we wanted to move here and it's like it's very uh, obvious early on that he's forced them into the situation and um, well and his son yeah his son like having the night terrors or whatever yeah. they call him i guess and that's the first jump scare of the movie when he flops out of the box in a weird manner. Mm-hmm. That shit scares me a lot too. I don't like that. And I know that horror movies lean on it a lot, but it's like human bodies contorting in ways that they're not supposed to. Like there's just been a science scientific study on like why that freaks us out because our brains literally can't handle it. It's like, cause we're so conditioned to how bodies move that yeah. when something like it gives you a sense of unease. So that's that's the stuff I don't like in scary movies. <laughs> yeah, and it's very effective, and it's it's so effective too because then once you realize what's going on, it's like oh no, it's just the kid having night terrors because of the way they they shoot it and light that initial uh, unveiling of him like popping out of the box. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and even it was like a bad summer slope. <laughs> yeah, and then just his his screams as well. Uh, yeah, are very very visceral, and it's just like yeah, it's um, it's it's great filmmaking and the fact that they they find horror in moments that aren't aren't actually the horror of the film which you know that obviously they get to the the horrific parts later on but um yeah Yeah, they lean on twice actually yeah because he's in the bushes when they think the the demons when ethan hawk thinks the demons are out there yeah but and it scares the shit out of you oh my god it's a a child (laughs) 
There is that moment, like when he goes back out there later on, and he's like dealing with the uh, the dog and the dog, and then it flashes yeah. to behind him and the five kids that have already Ugh, the other yeah. just standing there in the fog, and it's just like you know horror, and horror doesn't need that's what effective horror is is it doesn't need to do do much to get a scare out of you because just having five fucking undead kids just standing in the fog behind you when you're not expect because you kind of like your focus is on his little standoff with the dog, and it's like what's this dog doing there, and then suddenly it flashes, and they're just there. It's not like a, they're right. Yeah, they never explain the dog. Was it uh, just a loose dog? <laughs> I think, yeah, it's just a loose, and it's just... Is it, like, controlled by the demon? I don't no, know. No, I think it was just, like, a, I reckon it was probably just, a, like, a neighbor's dog, and it was just there, uh, and okay. it was growling, and it wasn't actually growling at him, it was growling at the kids, because, you know... Like, oh, yeah? Oh, Yeah, because dog, you know, they always say dogs... I am an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I always, they always say dogs have that extra... Um, can kind of like sense things that aren't you know that you can't um i yeah. think cats can see the fifth dimension that's why they like stare at nothing a yeah. lot of the time like i think they can communicate with ghosts yeah well rizzo's often staring at all sorts of corners of the house so just this, house, this house is only 10 years old so hopefully there's not too much going on here but <laughs> 14 years old now so anyway um that's neither here nor there <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, one thing that I like before we get into some, maybe the more the some of the videos and the tr- real horror in this one, um, the thing that sets the vibe for me right away. And it's, it's evident in that first opening scene. It's not, it's very low key there, but the music in this film is really good. Yeah, It's, it's kind of, yeah. it's, it's a slightly different horror soundtrack to your uh, traditional like haunted house ones or. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a, like, there's a, like a, a, a synthy vibe to it, like it's low, that low end kind of stuff, and um, I think yeah, it freaks you out. It sets the tone. There's like, and I think that's part of the like that study of the heart rate thing, because I, I I do find myself more tense during this one than I do some other, even The Exorcist, and um, yeah, maybe Hereditary is one that I, I'm definitely on edge for a lot too. But Sinister is one that I'm I'll, like for the film the the kind of reputation it has, I'm not like, it's, I'm a lot more on edge than I thought I would be every, and it's every time I watch it now, I've already seen it five or six times now. And like, um, it doesn't go away. Cause, and, and cause I know what's coming and cause I know it creeps me out so much that helps too. So it doesn't matter how many times I watch it. I'm still on edge and feel my, and do feel a tension within me watching it that I, I can, well, I can understand some people saying they understand, they don't understand why it got that ranking in that list that rank based on the fact that it was just going on heart rate, I can't understand it because I I do find that. I don't know if it's the one that gets me going. Like, Hereditary is one that really just... Really? That's surprising for me. I was, like, I, I think, think more tense during Midsommar compared to Hereditary. I think yes. Hereditary was just so over the top. Yeah, then the, the early parts of Hereditary are very low-key and, like, dark shadows, and and you know there's something bad coming, but you don't... Yeah, Midsommar, I actually... I kind of I find that quite dreamlike. <laughs> It's not doesn't get good god you've lost it <laughs> <laughs> no i mean it's like a dreamlike setting that, that doesn't get like it's um, that's what makes it scarier to me it's like yeah, this, well, like, yeah it's certainly i just not... like hate cult shit too like the, oh, yeah, the cult sh- stuff yeah yeah see i love that shit yeah fucking, and like fucking love it in that movie there's nothing like even supernatural going on it's just this fucked up cult that could actually exist you know yeah right Wait, Isn't which, that which what, movie are we talking about? Midsommar. Midsommar. Okay. Yeah. Well, I like. I guess there's Hereditary like, definitely has some. There's some supernatural, supernatural demons in it. Yeah. 
they never really answer that question of what the demon is like they do in this film which i think that's also what makes it tense in it you don't know why the demon is doing this you don't like it unfolds slowly throughout the entire mm-hmm. film and then obviously ethan hawk is an amazing actor yeah. i think that's what really sells this film is like him as how scared he is throughout it and yeah. just handling yeah like even just watching the first video He's just an amazing actor. And I think that's what horror movies are are lacking sometimes, but that's starting to change. Like, obviously, with Hereditary. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, Midsommar as well. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. That's one of the things I wanted to get to, and we can talk, like, Ethan Hawke, like, carries this film, and maybe that's what makes it step, a step up. And, you know, the the, the psycho, like, his wife... Um, um, I can't Random Aussie wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I think he's Aussie. No, I, I think it's, it's a, more of an English accent to me. I'll um, have to see what. I we've talked about it before. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, <laughs> I could, Yeah, it's, it's, I, I'm nine, 99.9 percent sure it's. Yeah, she's an English actress. Actress is what it says. Juliet Rylance. Um, she's getting it. Yeah, because you actually buy that. Like she's so frustrated with, and it's super fucked up that he lies to her like right away that they oh move, and God. when you find out they move into that house, it's like yeah. Jesus. What are you doing, dude? That's fucked up. That's bad juju. Yeah, they do all the re- reveals of little details really well too. Like, um, you know, the, the, the cops out the front, kind of like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, no, he's he's done this before, and the cops don't have much respect. And then he's just like, I find this in bad taste. And it's like, what are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. And then you kind of like, yeah. when they're in the kitchen, you realize that the back out the back window is that exact scene from the fucking half the the branch that's been cut off is still just hanging there, and it's just like, oh geez. yeah, what the f- oh my god. Yeah, I think like you just have to like tear down that house after something that grizzly happens at it. But whatever. Yeah, then you know it's the energy. It was cheap though. Yeah, there's a. It was uh, a nice house. Yeah, there's a um, a documentary on the on the disc. It's got nothing to do with this movie. It's just about um, houses that shit happens in, and it's got like a yeah. It focuses on the on the Velisca axe murders house in um Pennsylvania. Yeah. And um, yeah, there's Fuck just that. just um, real estate agents talking about how they deal with it. They're like, we have to reveal it, but so so what we do sometimes is instead of trying to sell it straight away, we'll lease it for a few years and get like some tenants in and out of it to try and like bridge the gap. And then then there's no bridging that gap. Yeah, <laughs> let's be real. Like, well, they just they just they, they just want to take like they want to have a history there. Like they're not trying to lie. They're just saying like if we can if then in a few years it comes on the market and people are like okay these murders happened here. They're like yeah, but. Um, these tenants have been in and out and they've been fine, but yeah. No like hauntings or whatever, like yeah. weird creaks in the night. But yeah, I, I think know. I think these guys are the first ones to move into that house since the murder, so that's um It seemed like it had been on the market for a while. Yeah. Um but with that branch still hanging there, they clearly like as you know, if anyone else had been there in between they would have dealt with that shit, so Yeah. Yeah. I don't think yeah. I would guess that people weren't hurrying to move into that place and it's because especially because it seemed like a small town yeah yeah you don't really see much of the town but yeah you do get the vibe from it and that's just effective filmmakers like through the through the lens of the cops really is where you get the kind of small town um info from both from the uh obviously the the grizzled sheriff that doesn't want anything to do with him but then you got the big the the fanboy fanboy cop uh james ransone's character who was really good uh deputy so-and-so diggy diggy spot <laughs> <laughs> but the the sheriff redeems himself in the end yeah so that was like yeah just get the hell out of here 
that's all he wanted yeah, yeah. but Ethan Hawke as De- detective so-and-so says at the uh at near the end of it it's like you just put yourself in this timeline because mm-hmm. you left that house and now yeah why would you leave that that house anyway that they were that they moved to in the end their other house it's yeah. such a dope house like, what are you doing? Well, I think, well, it's said very early on that the money money troubles they were having, that's why they were eating cheap food, was because they were, like, in the process of trying to sell that other house. Because, um, obviously, the uh, the checks for his um, Kentucky blood book had started drying up, I guess, because, you know, when you've got, like, 10, 15 years between your last... Well, he wrote two bad books, apparently, that were yeah. disproved, like, which will, yeah, nobody, yeah. That's why he was. That's why the. That's where the ego gets in. He wanted to be. He wanted to be on those. I mean, that's a huge part of it. He's watching himself on the TV, yeah. like on VRs, like watching interviews with people. That's all ego. He's yeah. falling asleep at night. It's creepy. And it's funny, like <laughs> he's watching that one where he's rolling his eyes at himself, and because um, he makes a yeah, joke. because he knows he's full of shit. Yeah, because he like the interviewer asked him, he's like, "Oh, what do you do this for?" And he's like, he jokes and says the money, and then he goes, "No, no, it's for it's for justice." And then like, but the reason he's trying to, and there is a part of you that yeah. goes like, he does like how invested he gets into investigating this story that the the sinister story and all the these tapes and stuff, he genuinely does want to find justice, but he's also like. Is also he wants to profit off it though yeah, yeah, <laughs> while also, doing that. Yeah, he's also driven by the obvious, and this is just part of living in, in this kind of society. Is that everything you do, even if you're doing it as a passion passion project, you still, if you really like, if you really want to invest full time into it, it needs to pay off at some point because that's the only. Otherwise, you don't make a living. Um, it's kind of the paradox of paradox of living as a creative, I guess, and that's what he, this story is half about, and what Bliss will when we get to that. Is about as well as that you're you're trying to be completely free and creative, but also the end goal has to you have either got to make money or you need to do something else as well. And it's like, yeah, so that's the crazy dichotomy of art. Yeah, and I consider writing an art, obviously. Yeah, that you are once you stop doing it for the reason you started doing it, which you usually do that when money is involved, like I bet he, when he wrote Kentucky blood, he wanted to, he wanted justice. He wanted to tell the truth and mm-hmm. he like got really in, invested in the case and he didn't, you know, his goal was to tell that story, but then he got money and then that's what he started chasing. And that's probably why his two blo- books flopped because he was trying to force a narrative onto these cases that probably didn't even have one mm-hmm. in the first place. So yeah, yeah. You cut the corners that you didn't cut the first time because You've already you've already been there, and it's like okay, I want that taste from the end now. Like, because Kentucky Blood was probably just a a true passion project that he was like he investigated and didn't, and then but once he knew what how he how this could turn out, the, the, you just even if it's subconscious, you cut corners and do the things trying to get that same result quicker, and because you just because and then your own ego gets into it thinking, yeah, I'm, I've done this before, so like I can do this and easier this time, and and then you actually, you know. You don't turn over the right stones because you're you're uh, not looking as well as you did before, and and he and he's for, probably, yeah. he's probably finally doing that again though with this sinister story. I was oh cool it is. Well, you story, see him whatever because <laughs> he's, he's like he's gen, he's putting things together. He's printing off screenshots of this you know a day a pagan deity. I think they call the the Bugle, Bugle yeah. character, which is um the Babadook. Incredible, another incredible <laughs> uh, kind of creature design or demon design it's um 
yeah fucking scary man i mean when when that face just pops up in those little areas and then in the pool yeah like when you first see it when he's freaked out like you're you're like viewing the movie through his eyes and it's Mm. like really effective because you pretty much like he's kind of like a everyday regular guy in it so you Mm -hmm. can kind of see yourself in that i mean yeah he hunts down stories like that and uh but yeah, you could see yourself like moving into a haunted place and just being like, what the fuck? How do I like, there's no solving this. Like, how do you solve this? Yeah. It's like, a, there's no way police could ever solve it because it's not solvable. Yeah. And I think that's what they've, the police even kind of say is like, you know, some things we just don't know. Like, you know, yeah. And um, it's like, do you really want to know where that little girl is? Yeah. She's part of a murder cult yeah. <laughs> inside of a camera. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, early on, you just think, you know, you don't know that there's anything supernatural about it. You just think there's a psycho killer. And uh, that's what, like, kind of like you said earlier, when what human beings can do to other human beings, that's what gets really scary. Like, I remember last year around this time I was watching Mindhunter Mm -hmm. on Netflix, which is just all them, like, interviewing serial killers and stuff. And I would check my closets and stuff after like at night before I went to bed in my tiny apartment. Like yeah. I know nobody's in here, but I had to do it because it's like, you see like how serial killers work and like that, that door behind me that you can see right there. Every, every yeah. time I watch a movie like the strangers, I'll check that. And then my, my, uh, on sweet bathroom there as well. Like just the both doors. And then I've had one night where I actually, the chair I'm sitting in, I just, I just slid in front of the door as well. Cause I was like, if a killer comes through my bedroom door, at least it would hit the chair and it would wake me up. And then, that's what's fucked up about this shit, man. It <laughs> fucks with your head. Yeah. It's like this train is fucking with my head. And and I fucking love it at the same time. My, my dad doesn't. He's just like, what? What do you do? I'm like, I don't know. It's just, it's just like, there's something. It also, Peace of mind. <laughs> yeah, but then there's also, there's a lot of studies about how people that have anxiety and stuff like that. Horror movies are a, are a way that they effectively, some, some reason, do, and it does. Like, I was having a night last night where I was like just sitting there just feeling anxious and I was just like fuck it all right I'm gonna watch this movie and I watched two movies last night I watched Haunt and Event Horizon which are both <laughs> different kinds of horror movies but I <laughs> yeah. felt fucking Is Event Horizon a horror movie it's a it's it's a horror movie set in space but it's very yeah so it's like an alien type, type of no thing. no it's a spaceship that comes back from another dimension because they've been trying, they're playing with black holes and shit, and um, this uh, spaceship. That's not how black holes sp- work at all. <laughs> it's a 1997 horror movie. <laughs> has, it's got Sam Neill and Lawrence Fishburne. It's it's really good. There's apparently. Maybe I'll uh, watch that. This is a slight aside, but it's about. Is it better than The Haunting? Yeah, I yeah yeah yeah. It's it's <laughs> that very. Movie's so bad. Yeah, it's um. And I watched all of it. You know, event, event, it's definitely 90s, but it's it's definitely got some gore. And um, for a 1997 horror movie, it's a, like that's set in space. I actually, the special effects aren't terrible. Like it's um, you do notice that it's special effects, but um, it's a lot better than I was expecting actually. So um, but yeah, like I just that's how I dealt with my anxiety last night. So yeah, and I felt great. I went to sleep pretty comfortably after watching. Face um, your fears. Yeah. Um. And it's funny, like I was just, I just wanted to bring this up at some point. And the um, the writer of the film, which is uh, Robert Cargill, the this whole idea for this movie came from he watched The Ring, um, and he had a nightmare about finding scary, scary in its own right. Huh? What's that? 
it's scary in its own right the yeah ring. Um, and he, he said he had a nightmare that he discovered a, discovered films in his attic depicting like the hanging of family. So like it literally, it's amazing. Where it's it, a scary image. Yeah. So you know that's a face your fears thing too because he's like, well, I gotta I gotta get this out and it's a and he's you know developed a whole idea and character and his character of Bargul and um everything came from that and it's a uh, yeah. So that's not a real deity. Or not deity, but whatever. No, it's not no, like it's, um, yeah, create. I think they. That's cool. Yeah. I like that more than because <laughs> it's like a <laughs> creative. Yeah. Because like hereditary, the the demon that um, is kind of controlling everything is um, real. Yeah. Well, pine, pine, real. <laughs> it's historic fiction, or yeah. it's historic nonfiction. Yeah. Pine like one, it's existed in cultures. Yeah. yeah, it's scary. Yeah. Which is um still it's a that film obviously deals with a lot of stuff that just has that as the conduit to it like the um the, right yeah but um yeah no this this entirely well as far as i know i remember googling bagul like when i first watched this movie just wanted to find anything i could if it was real and then i found like found the, how the movie came about and was like okay not real but um it, it, it these kind of and that's what's great about um you know historic cultures of demons and deities and and gods and demons and stuff of all sorts of whether it be christianity and and then these old pagan ideas and rituals and stuff like that. Like, there's so much material out there that you can just insert a character like Bargul and say, "Oh, it's an old, you know, an ancient pagan deity," and it just and it just seems. Well, it sounds like one. Yeah, it's a perfect name. <laughs> it's like, that oh yeah, that's what that, some yeah. weird Germanic tribe would call like the whistling in the winds or whatever. Oh, it's just I can't do a German yeah, accent. It, it is kind <laughs> it's, of like, it's kind of like a a. a dark metal pied piper i guess isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah uh that's just that bagul out there in the woods yeah We're yeah <laughs> conning conning the children into killing their parents pagans are gnarly i fucking love it i love that like the way that you first are introduced to the idea of paganism is like these like bewildered people but it's just like people who don't believe in god and at the end of the day mm. you know throughout history it's just like a group of people who didn't believe in whatever religion was in vogue at the time so it's like they're probably pretty dope people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. unless they're doing like blood sacrifices and shit which that one dog that show on vice i was telling you about that fucking weirdo dude that believed he was like a demon he would like he shaved his teeth down to points and would like bite into like squirrels and like they would hang cats and stuff like that. It's like, dude, I w- if that was happening in my time, beat the living shit out of that guy. Yeah. And it turns out he's like not mentally all there, but it's like, how do you even, I don't know. So people like this do exist in reality. Yeah. Yeah. And, but that's what people think of when they think pagans, whereas you and I are just pagans, you know, just chilling, drinking beers, talking about movies, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not doing anything. Anything wrong? Yeah, celebrating Halloween or oh, Hallow's Eve. It's getting close. Yeah, this probably won't be out before Halloween. No, but... I'm gonna I'm gonna pump them out this week. I'll talk I'll talk about it off air with you, but yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a good. week. It's gonna be a week of just Halloween on the. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, uh, you probably cut that out. <laughs> it's just... oh, no, no, it's, <laughs> it's just a, it's just the chatter that FI fans enjoy. Um, <laughs> um, I was a big fan of. Um, I mean, well, uh, let's talk about the films now, like before we get to the end of it. Um, that, like I said or, earlier already, that the 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 horror of those films, like, because you know that shit, something, 
and even worse is like when you see the like kind of the happy happy times at the start of the what's going on and then it goes to that that darker tone and it's night time and the feel like you see start seeing the families tied up and fucked shit. up yeah. <laughs> it's like i think and i think again that's why it chills you so much is because it's families that are it's kids it's like that one where the, the they're slitting the throats like that last one is a fucking kid like a eight-year-old kid in bed yeah, they don't show that one as much, they which don't, is good. Which is, but you, I think that was a smart decision. He, lo- he, he looks away and he's just chugging away at his drink as it's happening on the screen, and it's like very good film. Right, it shows it in the film, but yeah, yeah. but not in the film film yes, that we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, um, which is good. No one wants to see that yeah. little kid. And like, like even seeing like the little kid kicking, yeah. or just like even yeah, it's just fucked up. Yeah, and that's what like is good about like horror filmmaking is that you can you can apply so much just by can like um, showing enough. And then cutting away, you know, because no, because you know, just yeah. like the lawnmower, yeah, like you know what it is. That's the easily the most fucked up one. That lawnmower one gets me every because I know what's fucking coming. But because of the fact that they like, it's just like the light shining above the lawnmower and it's moving along. And there's nothing, no sound, <sighs> no sound, and it just goes that screeching soundtrack. All right, minor technical issue there, but we're back. Um, just. Rizzo's chewing on the wires. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to keep my gear away from her because she does do that. But um, we were in the middle of talking about the um the death videos, and it's just um, it, that's what sets the tone of the whole movie. Really, is seeing these videos and seeing families murdered by um what we find out later to be the fucking kids. Um, I don't know. I don't. Know, how did you feel like watching the film? Did you kind of start wondering that if it was the kids? Because every like, I can't remember where I was at if I knew what was going on. I had no idea. Yeah. I'm not a horror movie <laughs> expert. I can't, I don't try to figure these things out. I just kind of like buckle myself in and go for the ride with it. Yeah. Because I was just like, all right. Well, I did not expect the ending. I will say that I didn't expect. I just thought Ethan Hawke would like. I thought it was like him being cured of his ego. Mm-hmm. It's like this is something like you're dealing with something you can't put your finger on and like nobody's going to be able to solve it. So you're moving out and you're just going to be fine. But uh yeah, the ending definitely caught me by surprise. And so I mean, once they show the kid in the in the scene with the dogs like you were talking or the dog with the kids mm-hmm. um that you were talking about um then you just you just don't really know though. You see this demon. Yeah. But it makes sense, like, looking back on it now. But again, I don't try to figure it out. I just try to enjoy it for what just the film makes. Just experience it, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess I I think once this, you, there's a scene where he's, like, walking around the house and the kids are, like, bounding around as well, kind of toying with him. Yeah, like, that's, yeah that, that, I, that. I don't like that. Yeah. I did not like that. <laughs> yeah, especially when, like, the little girl, I think it's the, step, like, the one that did the hanging one, like, when she, her face just comes out of darkness right next to his. That one gets me every time. Like, there's a lot of um, that girl gets me every time too. In the when his daughter is frozen, like oh, and, and she's then sitting in the corner. Like that. Yeah. Fuck, I hate the dead kid thing. Freaks me out <laughs> so bad. It's, it does. I'm sorry. Yeah, I can imagine that. Like yeah. the movie we're talking about next did not really freak me out that much because it's just a, adults like in depravity. That's a different. That's a different kind of horror. That one, yeah. Yeah, it's almost like not horror, but we'll get to it. Whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I the end of this movie is one of the I think this is what set like it makes the movie such a success as it is as far as people that enjoy it because there's a lot of horror movies that um and you know 
if the story works for the family to get out of it, then it works. But with after you f- after we get the phone call from deputy so and so, yeah, that, that that's scary of how have how he's connected the dots that every time a family's moved away from the previous house, they've killed very soon after. Which is good for him, yeah, too, because you think he's like this dunce at the start of the film because he has that book, and then like. I mean, he's literally deputy so and so. Yeah, <laughs> like, snakes don't have legs, so can yeah. <laughs> scorpions do. Yeah, but, but uh, you're not going to hear that, <laughs> like you would with squirrels. Yeah, I've had a squirrel in that, like in the attic before, like in like the fixtures of your walls. It's yeah, it's scary. I don't yeah. like it, <laughs> but it is not the same as having bagul or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah, I'd rather squirrels. I get possums. Oh man! Also, that scene where you can see its hand on his shoulder when he's in the attic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty scary as fuck, man. Yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, Bargul's just face popping. Although when um when he's got Bargul's uh picture on, is it on the wall or on the computer? One of the two. And he's just, oh, and, and it turns, looks turns and yeah. looks at him. It's like that's your that's your sign that this is like a living entity that is existing and and, and has his eyes on. Ellison already it's like oh shit okay he's into some shit now it's not like he's just seeing this killer or something he's like this is an entity that's beyond our realm and and then it's creepy that like the real the real Bagul that like takes the kids it's mm. like when he takes the girl in at the end fuck but like he looks like a member of Slipknot but it freaks me out that he's like wearing like nice clothes and so it's just scary yeah I think it's there good. was some they like, did a good job they, they did go for like some they did get inspired by some like Norse heavy metal kind of stuff that black yeah. metal yeah, yeah. yeah there was, and they, even the soundtracks got, i think i think there was like they isolated parts some heavy metal kind of bits for some different like um yeah it was, uh, there was some soundtrack but it's like too. quiet it's like quiet i think that's what they heavy do. metal distorted guitar it's yeah. fucking weird yeah again it's like kind of like we were talking about like people bending the wrong way it's like loud like guitars are distorted guitars are supposed to be really loud but mm. when you like bring down that level it just fucking it's terrifying yeah um but yeah so the end of the film obviously you're like you're thinking everything's going okay but then because they show them moving back to the house like yeah there's there's something else coming and he goes into the attic and finds the box that he's yeah he has memories of physically burning to you know a melted pile of celluloid and and whatever it's like oh fuck okay and that's like I love that shit in horror is when objects that have been burnt or destroyed are just back because then it's like oh we're dealing Baba with Duke. yeah we're dealing with realms that we don't understand and there's shit that's going on that is out beyond our beyond our reach of it of even trying to understand because we live in such a physical world where things are you know a thing is destroyed it's destroyed and it's like when things are coming back like that it's like oh yeah we're dealing with something we can't fight or control. And when he watches that, and you realize every every movie ends with like, and it's like such fuck. Just one, the kids come in, yeah, yeah, and they all and they all because you never see the kid before him. And all the kids have that like evil look in their face, and the actors do it like the kids that act those roles, like it's that like kind of look down the nose, kind of eyes peering up. Yeah, like up. Yeah, yeah, (sighs) and just a somewhat somewhat sinister hell smile on their face, like when they're doing the little (laughs) the, the, the shush, and yeah, and then. Yeah, and, and then his daughter does it, it's, and, and she's it, like the little sweetheart throughout the entire film. Yeah, and yeah, and she's painting her walls in her room early on, and then she decides to paint the house with her. 
family's Oh, bad. I just got that. <laughs> I just got that. Yeah, That's yeah. Cool. She's like always, and she's always like, she's only allowed to paint in her room. And then like at the end of the film, she's yeah. like fucking just covered the entire house. In a... That's that... interesting. Yeah, yeah, I didn't really think about that. That's because you wonder like when she's doing it with an axe, you're like, oh, it's kind of like not as, and this sounds fucked up, <laughs> not as creative as the other ones, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And I think that's another thing that made it so those videos so scary is like you're dying next to your loved one. So, you know, you're all nervous together and there's nothing you can do to stop. Like you're nervous for your own life, but there's nothing you can do to stop. Like imagine being a dad in that family trying to like stop it and you're drug. Oh, man. But yeah. then like they wait until they're not drugged to kill him. So it's like, mm. oh, fucked up. Yeah. And you see um, it's sad and scary and but you, you can see it in like um ethan hawk's face like when he's lying there and he sees her walk up and um i can't remember what she says but um but when she's about to raise the axe and you just see it in his face he's like he knows he's he's finally worked out the entire story but he's about to have his neck just shattered and and his wife and his son. Yeah. They're all there on the ground. It's yeah. super And there's fun. this like yeah. sad realization that then he, when his eyes close as he's getting ready for the impact of the axe. And again, it cuts away at the we don't see it, but we didn't know exactly what's happened. And um Yeah, it's like Yeah, that's the most scariest thing is like when you can you when you realize there's nothing more you can do and it's just like death is about to come. I hate that too. Yeah. yeah. There's uh that they have that in um uh, Midsomar. When mm. the kid is drugged in the bear, caught, like sewed into the bear, yeah, and, just, and all you can see, is and there's eyes. nothing you can, do. yeah. yeah. Oh man, and he's just at Midsummer's kind of funny though. He's <laughs> 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 like in retrospect, like when you know what's coming, like he's just fucked out of his mind on whatever drug they gave him at that like little ceremony they have mm. before everything. And he's just like, but like his eyes tell the whole story. It was really good acting. We go back and listen to that episode. If yeah. you've listened so far. The sec- <laughs> second one after the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's um, wild. Can't believe you convinced me of that. But I liked it. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, and then I've got you watching Sinister and, and being scared by that, so. <laughs> it didn't, like, it didn't scare, yeah, it scared me, but, like, it I wasn't, scares like, you while you're watching. Yeah, like, after you watch it, it's like, okay. But, uh, during, like, it's It was just, more like, this is really fucked up, and it makes me kind of sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Bliss just kind of like fucked me up <laughs> mentally. <laughs> it definitely fucked up my right eye. So, all right. Well, let's <laughs> let's do the uh, tomatoes in this one quickly, and then we'll get on okay. to, get onto the break and get onto Bliss. Um, let me find where I've got it. Uh, it's an interesting one. This one. It's got a six point eight out of ten on IMDb, which is pretty good for a horror movie. On there, fifty three percent of Metacritic, sixty three percent Rotten Tomatoes. But eighty-five percent of Google users like the film, so might be the lowest Tomatoes movie we've had yet. I would say so. We do the classics. <laughs> 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 I would give it like probably like an eighty-three. Yeah. I would say solid B or I was, B. I was hovering up to about an eighty-five. So yeah, I, I'm pretty close with you. Like it's a good B, B horror movie. Like it's um, it's very effectively done it's um gives us a character i like when the story like tell like i like when the story is the driving force of a horror movie rather than you know just the gore or the jump scares even yeah yeah and this one like the haunting is just 
so bad. Like, the story was bad. It was just a bad story. It didn't make any sense. Considering really. it comes from such a classic story as well. <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah but that's and that, I, the classic story is good. Yeah. I, I, it's actually scary. It's just the, the late 90s. Uh, <laughs> I wonder what that has on Rotten Tomatoes. Probably yeah. higher than this. And <laughs> a huge bummer. But, I, I, yeah. I, I actually doubt it probably does. But yeah, we didn't, it'd be interesting to look at that one. But um, yeah, I. I think this one deserves, and you know, the eighty-five percent of Google users liking the movie kind of, kind of probably sits at, <laughs> at a very accurate description of like where this movie actually is. It's like a pretty well liked horror film that. Um, Just guess the haunting. Uh, I'm gonna go like thirty-five percent. It is sixteen percent. Oh God, I was true. <laughs> yeah, that is that is one of the lower ones. Yeah, you twenty eight percent on the audience score, but that's not that great either. Because that means no, it's bad. <laughs> it's over seventy percent of people have been going thumbs down. Yeah, um, it's so bad. Yeah, and I watched it. Yeah, I I bought for some it. reason <laughs> I it was like uh, available as like a it was in a, a cheap Blu Ray when I was out a few probably a few months back, and I just grabbed it because I was like I remember watching this, like and literally all I remembered was like Owen Wilson's head being knocked off, and I was like. That is fun. That was the best part of it. <laughs> I love Owen Wilson, but like that was surprising, I guess. Yeah. But it's just I can't believe they got that much talent for a film and it was that bad. Yeah. Because <laughs> Catherine Zeta Jones, um, Liam Neeson, yeah. Owen Wilson, and then the lead actress who I can't stand. But yeah. And then I think Bruce Dern is in it, which is wild. Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's yeah. like the gatekeeper. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Just all right. That's enough of the haunting. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I, yeah, Sinister's, um, yeah, a great, great film. I think, yeah, Rotten Tomatoes. I'm surprised to see it's got, but that horror movies are kind of, uh, weirdly reviewed because you get a lot of people that don't like horror movies that they, they but a movie reviewer is a job, so they have to go review it, and it's like, yeah, I can, yeah, yeah. I doubt Ebert liked it very well. Ebert was probably dead at this point. Wait, I don't even know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think Ebert has ever rated horror movies very high. Heard never did so. yeah there's a few classic ones there's a like there's a list of ebit films that like he has horrible ratings for that are well liked and i think there's a few horror ones on there so um is what it is yeah who's the other famous um movie reviewer now leonard malton that's it no. i wonder what i don't know his stance on horror movies but i would assume it's kind of the same yeah oh well. we'll do it we'll do it we'll do them justice <laughs> all right <laughs> we'll take a quick break and then we'll be back with uh bliss Nikki's pushing me to drop your pieces. I'm going broke. I can't live off of nothing. And I can't live off 10% of nothing. I haven't finished painting in three months. Try this. The closest thing they got to a pure, uncut mix of cocaine, DMT. Trust me. 
I saw your painting in there. I saw your uh, inspiration all over the counter, too. You know what's wrong. You don't give it up. You can't. Second half. That was the best <laughs> I've done, but um, don't have the vocal cords lubricated. I would love if we have listeners at all, but if we have listeners who don't know what that's from and we do it so many times every episode. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it, it literally is my intro to the second half now. I'm just going to do that every time. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> go watch Ted Lasso. Either watch the NBC videos, but then watch the series as well because it's fucking awesome. Um, Need one of the like unsung heroes of twenty twenty is like how many people jumped on Lasso the last Yeah, I still need to see it. I'm bummed. Yeah. I fucking love it. Yeah. Well you can see it's all the first season's done now, so you can stream it all at once if you get yourself trials yeah. or something. So Yeah. Um Lasso has absolutely nothing to do with Bliss. Um Lasso is an incredible character, a warm human being, and this, the series is uplifting and inspiring. Bliss is the complete opposite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what you got going on there, drug wise? <laughs> what you got going on there, vampire wise? Um, yeah, it like, is a very modern take on like the vampire thing has kind of been done to death, and it was a modern take on it. Yeah, yeah, because it's not like yeah. She, I mean, she can go out in sunlight and stuff. It's just, but yeah, that's kind of confusing, and we'll get to the ending later. But yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if I, they thought that through really, but. Well, are you talking about the explosion? When she dies. Yeah. I've got thoughts on that, so we'll get to it. Um, oh, yeah. We'll get it. It's the way in. Yeah. So this film, again, um, we talked about a little bit at the start, maybe. Uh, but it's it's very much about um, a character who... Well, she's got some, she's got some issues, but her, she's an artist, um, uh, like painting rather than writing, as it was in Sinister. And um, she's writing a three-month block, uh, right, like artist creative block that she's trying to get the painting done. She's obviously, like we find out earlier, that she must have some kind of success because she's got her art in, but she hasn't sold she anything. She has an agent. Yeah, hasn't sold anything for a while. So she's obviously had some success, but then she's just in this rut right now and She's been, I mean, she's smoking some weed, but otherwise, like, I think she's got a history of hard drugs because she knows oh, yeah. knows these dealers, but she hasn't, She they say that she, she, they haven't seen her for a while. So it's like, there's this link between maybe her, her art and the fact that she's maybe at her most inspired when she's railing lines of whatever it may be, but not that that's... Yeah, a, and we'll yeah. talk about the drug later, but that, if you did that, you would... I don't have experience with drugs. Say no, hugs, not drugs, or whatever they used to say. But uh, <laughs> that concoction that they talk about, and she knows this guy, like she's friends with this guy. Mm-hmm. So she's clearly bought this crazy shit from him before. It's like, dude, your brain would be so fucked. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a character, like, um, she's finally just, um, and it's like, it's obvious that there's some, uh addiction issues in the past and whatnot with her so they, they they this film does a kind of t- 
touch on those things. It doesn't like it's just it's an eighty minute film. It doesn't it doesn't like doesn't dwell on anything. It just it is it never kinda, lets up. It kind of is what it is. But um, yeah, she goes back to this house with um that has this dealer living there, and he said, "Oh, I haven't seen you for a while. Um, yeah, I need some yeah. shit." And she's uh, she goes he he goes through a list of everything, and then goes, "Oh, this stuff's the hot. Oh yeah, I'm gonna take that." And I'm like, "Oh god, Diablo." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick Why Nick. would you want to do a drug called that? It's yeah. like, <laughs> like a bad idea, it sounds like, but whatever. Yeah. Um, I guess the first thing to say before we get into some of the story thing, I think the the camera work in this movie for it's um filmed it it was filmed on sixteen millimeter, um, so kind of got give that gritty grindhouse kind of look, which is fantastic for it. And um, it, it this is a low budget film um, from Joe Bagos and. The uh, creative camera work they do to kind of show the descent, but even right at the start when she takes the drug and like it's kind of like it's body mounted camera work, like it's all like her, right? Yeah, it's um, it's really effective in kind of making you a part of the trip, which I think lended itself to your eye twitching that was happening after you watched it. Uh, There's a lot of that, yeah, yeah. My eye twitched for like a day and a half after I watched it, so. <laughs> But there is a uh, there's a warning at the start of it, like if you're prone to seizures or whatever, yeah. don't watch it. Because it is a lot of flashing. Yeah, is what it's a lot of flashing, and then it's a lot of neon, which is really bright, and mm-hmm. it's just like disorienting, which is a perfect um, setting for this kind of story to unfold as it does. Mm-hmm. It's just that like it seems like such a cool world. Like the people in it are so cool, but then you find out, oh, they're, well, they're all pretentious assholes, and then some of them are vampires, and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's 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 funny because like she has she takes a drug and kind of has a little trip there on the floor for a while, and <laughs> and then she's still like, and there's a few parts in this movie where she's like, I need to get home and paint, and then people like people keep her out, and it's like. I don't know what they're talking like. I don't know if Joe Bagels had anything to that he was really trying to say about how you know, because I've had that where you're out and about and you're like, oh man, I need to get home and do something. But people, are like, oh, I don't have another beer, or like, it's like okay, and it's just like, yeah, you probably should like. It's at that point when you're like, I need to get home and do stuff that you probably should just go. And then like, that's kind of the the sliding doors moment of your life, like because if she had just gone at that time when before she had the three way with her. Um, <laughs> Courtney and that's what got her right yeah I mean that's how she became a vampire well I don't know like yeah that there was no yeah there was a bit of blood there but um yeah and then but then she because they're both vampires and like she's trying to understand like she thinks it's the drug but it's actually them that made Mm -hmm. her into what she is I think so the drug is just there that like fuels kind of just fuels her insanity I guess while dealing with it going through the change because it does feel like by the end of the movie she like embraces truly embraces like what she's become then especially because she killed the <laughs> the girl that made her it but yeah yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so much blood by the end of the movie and it's really blood and blood and nakedness um that was cool <laughs> i like that part of that the movie <laughs> big big crush on the main lady in this but uh not uh, her character for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I the the descent into madness kind of thing. I I love movies like this that kind of because they they always show like and um, you know Jeremy Gardner's in this as well, which 
weird shout out to Jeremy Gardner that we've done three three movies that have featured him in our four so far. Um, but he kind of he he says he's the man. Yeah, he kind of like even though he's not like the like most he's not like a stand up bloke as far as like he's just a he's just a bartender. Just a bartender. Yeah, he's like just a normal <laughs> guy. Like he's you know he's you know he leeches off dating the, an artist. He's probably yeah. cool. You yeah. know, like he leeches, know, he's like I don't uh, know if this is in L.A. Is it L.A.? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's okay. the kind of impression I For get. For some reason, it felt like San Francisco, but they show the skyline, and LA has a weird kind of nondescript. LA, LA is such a sprawl, like apart from that spread out, downtown yeah. LA, it's yeah. um yeah very much sprawl. Which he, you know she he wants a ride because he doesn't have to take the bus, which is a very LA thing. So, um, yeah, I uh, like he's he kind of like she has that first night, and then he she paints a little bit and you know starts her little masterpiece she's working on. Um, and he's and she's like, yeah, I was inspired. And he's like, yeah, I saw, your, <laughs> yeah. I saw your inspiration all over the counter. Like, yeah, um, I don't know. I yeah, it's a black too. It's fucking crazy. That's what's like, that dr- like imagine snoring something that's black. It's like, oh god, you're just asking for trouble. But well, hey, yeah, it's a, I guess it's called Diablo, and it's black, and it's like, yeah, some not that there's anything to do with the devil or anything in this, but it's just like it's it's symbolism, I guess, of uh, what you. Well, the painting is like kind of hell, I yeah. guess. So that, yeah. So, I don't know if that's the way she was going with it to start with. I think she was just painting like a red and yellow backdrop for mm-hmm. who knows what. But you think it's going to be like this really intricate piece. But by the end of it, I was kind of bummed at how it ended, like how the piece looked when it was finished. Because I like the sprawl. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I just thought they got lazy at the end of it. Like they could have. Because the detail on like the people that are making up her body is, mm. are, is so great. And then the top of it's just kind of thrown together but she does blow up so maybe that's why <laughs> i don't know yeah um the uh the i'm trying to work it out again i the the scene where she becomes well not like becomes a vampire but like the um I don't know how to talk because the vampire thing. It's not like a traditional vampire thing. It's just it's a, it's, it's more like a, a cannibal thing. It's almost. like that and a modern a modern like vampirism because there is vampirism. Does people like there is vampirism that exists that like people voluntarily give little bits of blood to them, which is I've watched documentary. It's it's weird, but I'm like you know, I don't like it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna, <laughs> not gonna kink shame or whatever. But you know, like, I will on that. <laughs> don't. It's really bad. Like. Yeah, I can't. that's why mad cow disease is mad cow disease because they're eating cows. Like, don't eat what you are. I think is like yeah, good like good uh, idea. But there, yeah, there's like tribes that drink blood and stuff, and yeah. they're fine with it. But oh god, yeah. yeah, I don't know if it's human blood though. I think it's like ox blood or whatever. I've seen Bourdain do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the the but the scene where she becomes a vampire. Yeah, and it's like um. And it's obvious, like, this is, because you were talking about whether there are, I don't know if this is off air or on air, but um, there is a lot of stuff that does feel like it's all in her, all in her head, because... That was off air, yeah. Yeah, she does kind of, she does just wake up, like, relatively clean after some of some of these things that are going on. Uh, actually, not always, because she's uh, sometimes, like, a trickle of blood at her lips or something like that. So, right, but she pukes blood. Yeah. Which could easily be a side effect of all, like, snorting a bunch of DMT, which, uh, again, just absolutely insane yeah <laughs> mixed in with everything else um yeah it's like coke and i he says it he says yeah. what it is at the start and it's just like a dizzying cocktail of shit that would completely fuck you up yeah 
I think. As it does. Yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, even that, again, back to that start bit where she's like, you know, she seems to be no stranger to this world of drugs, but when she takes that first bump, she's like, she, her mind just blows and she. It seems peaceful. Yeah. yeah. She seems like happy. Yeah, but then she, um, you know, she takes it when they go to that club. Because, yeah, it's when they go to that heavy metal club and she's like, that's before she actually drinks like the blood of that other person. Um, she takes that bump and then like she's literally like collapsing and collapsing down the stairs and struggling and she goes into the bathroom and she's like, I'm dying, I'm dying. And Court, I think. So she pukes blood, yeah. yeah. I think the character's name's Courtney, the f- blonde friend comes in. Yeah, it is. in yeah. the bathroom and is like, no, this is what you need. I know a blonde Courtney. And she's pretty much like this character in this, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, she pretty much, no, she, the friend goes, this is how you got to deal with it, and just like walks up to the lady and just fucking bites her neck. And um, says, come over. And you can see kind of that lust in um, De- Desi is the name of Dora Madison's character. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, for some reason this seems right. And it's like, yeah, drink the blood. And suddenly empowered and... Yeah, I I like. They, they think they want the drug, but or she thinks she wants the drug, but she wants blood. Like yeah. she thinks like her body is craving the drug, but it's actually craving blood. So it's like it, the Diablo is, is of, like kind of second. Yeah, is it a bit of both though? Because like that's true. What leads to like I mean, if she never has a drug, then she doesn't need the. She she was fine beforehand. She was just not creative. She was, you know. I just thought she got like the like the craving for blood at night, like vampires do. You know, because they can go out. Yeah, but then. Um, I don't know there's a part of the film that just seems like it's always taking part in like because some of the phone calls she's having when you look in the background of her house like it's the middle of the night like out the window yeah <laughs> so it's like there's a there's a there's a and that's I think this movie does a really good job of like just going to a psychotic hell that you don't even know what reality is there's been a lot of trains today um that's because it's five o'clock here yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> um the kind of reality. Thank God we didn't record this this morning, though. I would have been not good, <laughs> and I'm still struggling. But <laughs> yeah, the reality. I, sl- I slept on the couch. Let's just say that. <laughs> um, reality is kind of distorted in this movie, especially once because yeah, you do see a bit of daytime at the start, obviously, but then like, is it the scene where she meets a manager is very normal? But then once yeah, the once the drugs and the vampirism starts, everything. The camera work gets um, shaky. Gnarly. Yeah, but I, yeah. Mean, I mean that as a compliment because it's a deliberate tact to, you know, when she's, um, there's one scene that like, there's a lot of scenes I love, like the way they've filmed it, but when she's um, on the phone and she's constantly walking in circles and the camera's just spinning and following her around a room and it's yeah. like a minute, yeah. I've heard it's calling two or three different people saying, I'm going out of my mind and she's right. trying to figure out why she's like this and... Um, classic artist yeah yeah um so they live in a non-real world and that's what's very cool about them yeah As artists they you know they're self-employed so it's like do whatever the fuck you want yeah become <laughs> a vampire i guess but, i thought it, i think i texted you during watching i was like oh man i think i have a lot to say like about this one and it i think what i was going with with that was like they portray drugs really well in this especially yeah. when she's in the the multiple scenes when she's in the bathroom is like where she's like mad at herself for doing it. Like the self-loathing that is involved with it, I would think. Yeah. And just the loneliness that it all like kind of creates for her. 
So I thought they did. And obviously he's an artist, so he's probably lived that life a little bit, especially when you're trying to get something done. And kind of like you said earlier, it's like we've all been at the bar. um, And then you're like, oh, I'm going to have a couple drinks, go back home, play some video games, crash out, have Mm. a good productive day tomorrow. You run into somebody and it's like, all right, now I'm drinking till two. (laughs) And uh, I think they portray that really well in the scene at the first party after she takes that bump and then comes out and sees Courtney and they like, she's like, no, I really need to go home and paint. And then she takes a bump and then cut to her complaining about her agent. Like that was so realistic. Like that's exactly like, it's always the nights where you don't think you're going to like drink a lot, where you end up like running into people and drinking a lot. And, uh, you know, just unloading on whatever's bothering you. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, okay this was a surprise drunk and my brain wasn't prepared to handle all the emotions I have inside. So yeah, that was funny. That made me laugh when I was watching it. It's like this fucking agent, like the cut scene to it too is per- oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And she does like, um, she does have like this, this, um, ego to her where like, and you said, Oh, oh yeah. Just off air before we started about like her, um, dealing with her, um, her, uh, apartment manager and stuff like that like yeah just give me three like you, you know fuck you dude like give me three more days you know I'm, i've got i've got like you know this person didn't pay me so i can't completely lying him. to it yeah too. yeah it's like my advance is like you don't have an advance yeah you really, or you did have an advance but yeah you, but you've blown that. that apartment in la she they said they say she got like a ten thousand dollar advance like how much is that apartment in la it's a fucking nice spot. Yeah, and then also like, what kind of artist she must have had? Like I said before, she's had some success before to get like a ten thousand dollar advance. So, um, so it, God, the art world's fucking weird. Yeah, I mean, well, that's not important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's definitely weird in this movie. Like, I guess it's not so much to the art. World. I think it's realistic. Like, there's art, like creepy art agents who like would easily do what this art agent did, which is drop her when she didn't have her painting done. And then once the uh, other lady saw it, like wanted a commission on it still. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, there's a, there's a movie on Netflix called, uh, velvet buds, buzzsaw, which is a a wild. Right. Yeah. You told me it wasn't that good. No, I enjoyed it. All right. Well, I've had that on my watch list forever, but I thought I asked you and you're like, eh, but no, maybe was, uh, there's there's some people that didn't enjoy it because I think it's the same guy. That maybe did. that's it. Maybe somebody told me that. There's some people that uh, it's the same guy that did uh, uh, Nightcrawler. It's different than Nightcrawler, but um, it's Big definitely yeah, um, yeah. No, I enjoyed it. They're, they're, but it did get it kind of was a bit div- divisive, I guess, because some people just I think because uh, it, it's like know, it's a horror. Like... It's a, there's a part. There's a horror, horror element to it, but it's also quite funny. So. Yeah. I like that, like an American werewolf in London. Yeah, I love. I'd like the funniness in it because it like provides some levity. You know, yeah. like you're not just on the edge of your seat the whole night. Yeah, um, but yeah, Velvet Bustle definitely does. Yeah, the art world is um <laughs> is incredibly yeah weird. So ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess this movie doesn't. I guess beyond her, it's like and the the little um talks to the agent and the um museum manager or whoever it is that storms into her apartment um art gallery yeah. lady yeah there's not too much artwork so it's more the world that she's living in with these um you know the her vampire friends and and her <laughs> other friends that are we just call them like vampire like even they're though, vampire friends yeah 
And it's funny. Stop it, mom. I was just hanging out with my vampire friends. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's probably been said before. They do a few of the little, like, I don't know. It's, um, they do differentiate their style of living. Cause like, you know, when they're at the bar um, and Jeremy Gardner is there as well. I can't remember what his character's name in this, but. Um, he's just Jeremy Gardner. Yeah. He's just sitting there. He's <laughs> just sitting there like completely. He's just not enjoying it at all. Hanging out with Courtney and her Australian husband. Um, and Classic. Uh, Classic, classic bloke. Yeah, but they're both just sitting there in their sunglasses and living in their complete like they're just they're well. well they're just, tires. Yeah, it's just they're so, in, living in such a different place mentally and like their world is just so different. Like it's I, free love. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's drugs. That bar too just sets that scene. So it's like red. It's like. Straight red in there. He loves his, which I've never neon like different lighting. Um, is which I, I yeah, because the, the threesome scene there it's light blue and pink. Oh, uh, I think that's the 540 from Hartford. Oh, God, <laughs> these trains. Um, I hate them so much, but yeah, like there, it's there's always neon green in the house with the drugs. Yeah, I think that's that neon light and then when they have the threesome which you don't even know where that is i thought it was in the house at first and then i'm like ah, maybe not. no that's it that makes me really not the, like her right away that's at the drug friend's apartment i think so did i so he just has neon everywhere yeah well he's got that like that like that that neon light thing on the wall right so yeah I and george Wen is just there playing cards yeah <laughs> inexplicably <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you'll have to watch. Yeah, you'll have to watch VFW at some point because there's a lot of good vet, veteran actors in that one as well. But um, I was just like, if you're selling this much hardcore drugs, like I probably wouldn't have raging parties all the time. But hey, it's LA, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and who knows? <laughs> he probably has them in a safe or whatever. But like, yeah, the threesome right away though, like, really made me not like her as a person. And I think it's because I like Jeremy Gardner so much. And if I didn't like Jeremy Gardner so much, then I probably wouldn't have cared. Yeah, yeah. And that's... Like if it was just a bit actor, like being like a bartender, like, uh, you know, like who cares? Fuck him. But it's like, don't fuck around on Jeremy Gardner. He's a good dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the Atlanta Braves blew a 3-1 lead. He's having a tough enough time as it is. So. Uh, come on. <laughs> Not now. Um. The uh, yeah, there is like damn it, Braves. There is like a it it does make you like because there's like this hedonistic thing to it, like and not that it's like necessarily bad, but I mean, you you that kind of behavior does lend itself to hurt, like you're naturally going to hurt people around you by you know chasing that those kind of thrills and 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 experiences and that's what she and i mean this that whole some would say i've been there (laughs) this whole movie is essentially that kind of descent into that kind that kind of thing because after the once the bloodlust starts um you know she starts you know and and it's especially i think the scene where it really like she's had a few where it's just like our random people then when she goes to the apartment where george went and co are and the they they're in their own little argument and she the nose gets broken and her, her bloodlust hits there and she just got that little taste of blood yeah yeah and then like the apartment manager as well and it's just like and then she wakes up and she goes knocking on their doors like are you there are you there like she's not sure like she's not sure what reality she's living in but and i, I guess you were talking about it before and as we get to the end of it here like that 
those scenes for me were my first sign of like, oh yeah, she, this stuff's actually happening. Like, you know, it's it's very there's a lot of drug fueled stuff going on in this movie, and a lot of like, wait, I think Bagos does a very good job of like disorientating us enough that we just don't know what the fuck's going on. But the fact that she knocks on the apartment manager's door, and as well as the um, you know. The, the drug dealer's house, which there's always three people there, so at least someone would be available to open the door, I would have thought. Um, right. And the apartment manager, apart from when he's not there, but then he said he was away for a bit, so it depends what day of the fucking week it was that she was, this was happening, but yeah, it's like, you, I, that was when, I think my first time watching it, I was like, okay, then no, no one's answering of these people that she thinks she might have s- fucking bled dry. <laughs> right. And I guess, so, like, like, beyond that, though, like, I think she could be, like, killing them, but, like, in her mind, she's, like, being a vampire, but she's, like, just, like, actually, like, killing them. Well, that's, what, know, that's like, and that's where I, uh, I thought, too, but then, yeah, there's a bit later in the film where I, I wonder about, there's, like, yeah, there's something. The claymation. <laughs> yeah, no, not that, but, yeah, I'll get, I'll get to it. Um, yeah, I, I tend to think that, well, she's definitely killing them, and I think she's drinking their blood as well is happening whether like whether he might think yeah. she's a vampire yeah um or well, she well, actually is you well, know like what makes it like i don't think uh, this is what the, is interesting about like vampirism i guess as a as an idea <laughs> is like if you're drinking blood then you're uh, i guess you could just say you're a vampire like, it doesn't there's no like supernatural quality that has to make you or a different a thing about you that has to make like if she's drinking their blood even if like physically she's still just all human she's drinking the blood then there's you know that makes her maybe that's why she's puking blood you know (laughs) like i don't think your stomach likes having human blood in it yeah um like i think it comes back up like if you have like an ulcer or whatever but whatever that's neither here nor there (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but yeah it's um she starts she really does start and this is what kind of what i was talking about with um sinister as well as like this pursuit of her own and she because she knows like every every day she's waking up like after these experiences and like you said she's got the self-loathing and stuff that comes with like the um the drug come down and i guess the blood come down as well um but she's every time she wakes up she's had a bit more success on her little masterpiece she doesn't know she tells she says i'm blacking out i don't fucking remember doing this but it's happening and so there's like a there's like a she's chasing that thrill both of the experience but then she also knows it's actually getting her somewhere with her painting and it's like there's a whole lot of shit going on in trying to say it like the, the this pursuit of success is like the further she gets into it the more she destroys the people around her but the better better her own personal success gets which is kind of like um what i'm talking about with sinister unfortunately it's like you're you're yeah you're basically risking everyone you love for just that success and that's um it's a lot more uh i mean i guess they they all die in sinister but in this movie it's a lot more uh brutally done because the <laughs> she she's the one that does kill them um you know well when courtney kills uh jeremy gardner that's a he- pretty huge bummer but also like he just gets treated like shit the whole movie yeah because even like when he becomes a vampire he's like oh i see what why you wanted to do this now you wanted you know, you wanted a partner in this. And she's like, fuck no. Like, I don't want to be with you really. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're just there. And I had a blood. But I was, um, there is the, a similarity with an American werewolf in London where 
like she tries to tell Jeremy Gardner to leave. Mm-hmm. Like, because shit's about to get bad, and that happens in an American Werewolf in London, too. He tries to tell the people around him, like, hey, get the fuck out of here, and the people are, don't listen. Mm-hmm. And then motherfucker got fucked up because he got in the way. Yeah. <laughs> A.K.A. Dustin May. Yeah, um... Yeah, that, that is always going to get to that. Is like she does like you know, and, and that shows that maybe her last piece of humanity, her, like the fact that she, when she's she does have that human humanity inside of her, which I guess is like again like American Wolf of London. It's like it's like the the beast within kind of thing that you're always battling, mm-hmm. um, which is very just a human experience as far as how you um even if it's just anger and things like that you say the wrong thing at the wrong time and you you know when people shouldn't shouldn't be there or whatever and it's just like yeah it's um but then at the same time he's like she's fucking like seeming like she's gonna die yeah Yeah. so he's like he's just doing what he his human instinct is to do to try and help her and he's like saying i'll call an ambulance or something like that so he's like he wants to help her so it's like yeah so it's not like he's done the wrong like if she's saying no you need to leave like i wouldn't i had yeah none of us would yeah it's like you'd be like no you you might yeah. leave once she bit my Achilles, but well, then you're gonna have trouble <laughs> leaving too. So, right? Yeah, oh, God. you yeah. might die from. Well, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, I guess he does die from it, but he becomes a vampire. So who who really knows? Yeah, that scene. Was... Yeah, Courtney and her her boyfriend are dicks in it. Yeah, yeah. Like the scene where she like goes into that bar and yells at him. The blonde-haired Courtney I know now is also dating an Australian, so I don't like that at all. The parallels. It's <laughs> super random. Yeah, that 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 actor was like on a soap here for like years, and then he's also that's how you guys send him out. It, it, you get him on the soap like Margot. Yeah, um, yeah, the same one. No, Margot wasn't. I can't. Was Margot Neighbors or Home and Away? There's two different ones. And they're all like they. What's the other one? It's Home and Away, and then there's Neighbors. So they both. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, Neighbors is very big in England for some reason. Um, uh, A lot of idiots over there. Yeah, yeah, that actor that played the Australian guy, he's um, also, if anyone's seen the first Purge movie, which plenty of people have actually, he's the leader of the group that attacks the house. So he's. um, Is that Ethan Hawke in that movie too? Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah, again, Blumhouse. Man, Ethan Hawke just like took a turn around the start of last the last decade. Where he's like, I'm gonna do horror movies. I think he had done so much Apparently other stuff. He's a uh, good friends with um Jason Blum, so that. Uh, yeah. Apparently, that makes. Yeah. I mean, he does a really good job. Yeah. So I might have to watch for the pur- the first Purge now. All of the Purge movies are really good. There's a lot of poli- <laughs> political commentary going on when you get into the later yeah. ones too. The first ones very much, but yeah, the later ones are great. Um, yeah. Anyway, bliss. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The end. So. I guess yeah. Let's talk about the end of it now because I, I there's some ideas going on with like you know where they're exploding and what I find interesting is you know because Courtney comes into the apartment and like berates her De- Desi basically and says you're you're fucking this up for all of us. So for, yeah, uh, that's my first sign to like you know we were talking about the realistic nature of like what what is actually going on. Um, with Courtney saying that, it makes me think that there's like there's a group of people like there's an underground in LA that of these people out there that are enjoying that kind of lifestyle. But then it makes me also think that they don't actually need it all the time. It's like, it's a, the blood is a drug and you don't actually need exactly, it. Exactly. So yeah. it's like, it's a, it's a commentary more on like 
Desi's like the fact that once she she can't do anything half like she's got that like I guess you could say it's the addictive personality where she once she starts on something she needs to like she can't control her like the intake of it you know kind of like with the bliss the bliss the diablo as well she has to, she's just railing way too much because she go when she goes to the guy and says he's like how much have you gone through she's like all of it he's like what the fuck and yeah it's like she's it's like having, and she's having the same thing happen with the uh with people uh, she's draining their blood she's like just fucking going after it and just draining but like you know the guys in the apartment with the, that's uh, selling the drugs like three of them all there in one night whereas i I assume Courtney and her boyfriend, for all the the shit stained kind of people they are, they're like, they 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 seem to understand. There's like a there's, she, I mean, she says to Desi, she's like, there's rules. You can't just go around like you, you can't murdering pandas. Yeah, like like at at excessive quality compared to what you what you should do, which is a little bit here and there, just to like you know. So um, so it's um, like exactly like being addicted to cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> honestly yeah it's like you do a little bit here and there and it's not that bad but when you're doing it all the time yeah i mean the parallels are there and i think this movie is about drugs as much as it's about vampires i guess yeah and like what like living a life that's fueled by drugs is kind of like so he did a really good job with that yeah yeah and then um and then Courtney says, like, then, like, because I think at that point she's like, well, I've got to kill you now because you're fucking it up for all of us. And then she's like, kind of somewhat sensually struggling. It's like, you're supercharged blood and all that stuff. So there's like, there's something to, and this is where I get to the end of the movie part where I sit there and think that, like, because she's drinking so many people's blood, that she's like, there's something, there's a special quality to Desi now that she's like, like, in. Not that there's anything supernatural, I think. It's just more that there's an idea of, you know, in this world that Bagos has built here, that the drinking of the blood gives you some kind of extra human quality. Like it maybe, were, were you, well, I'm not sure if I'm talking super straight. It's kind of like, um, maybe it's a rough parallel to that. I can't remember what that, that Bradley Cooper movie where he has the drug. Oh, Limitless. Yeah. It's like, there's like, it, it's high. So bad. There's some movie about Adderall. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like whether it's like it, it this idea that the the blood if you're drinking so much of this blood that you're you're heightening your um abilities in all ways, which you know she's painting a bunch even though she doesn't remember it, and then she seems to have a bit more strength as well. And it's just like, and you know Courtney's like, yeah, well I'm now that you fucked it up for us, I'm going to drink your blood. And she's but she also had all those drugs in her system, which is why I think Courtney was into it. Well, that's that too. Yeah, it's a super. Yeah. But she's like, you have all that. Um, bliss in your system That's like right. yeah. I can't, like can't imagine your blood right now yeah so and i don't think like if courtney bit her again i mean nobody knows if courtney bit her again i mean she's already a vampire so who knows mm-hmm. is that killer or whatever it's not really ever discussed but so again, yeah like i don't think there's so much like there's not any rules as far as the vampire because i think there's still just humans that are just drinking blood for that extra hit like for a for an, a oh, hi like we drink beers yeah yeah, yeah. So, but then I, my theory to the end, I'm not exactly sure what the explosion is meant to represent, but whether it's just like, you know, she finishes her painting and she's finally got it then, then but then it's like, where does she go from there? Because she's already destroyed everything. So she's, it's like a, whether it's a parallel with a, you know, great art coming from tormenting experiences and, and ultimately ending in, you know, there's so many great artists out there, whether it be music, 
book re, uh, books and um, and just art as well that have ultimately lost their lives for their art and whether that's a parallel to that. But then also thought trying to think why she just randomly explodes. Um, is it? I just thought it was the sun, <laughs> but it obviously I, it could be that too. But then it's also like I was also like, is it just because she has just overindulged and like her body can't handle it? Like, because she drinks so much too blood, much blood and too much, too much drugs. Too much bliss. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what that was my the, the theory that yeah, this it could be a sun thing too. But then again, I'm not sure that there there's a traditional vampire aspect here. I think it's more just a it's like they're using that. Yeah, I don't think there's a there wasn't the 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 old vampire like you know like you know garlic and all that kind of shit there wasn't any of that going on in this movie it was just that right was just yeah indulging in the act of vampirism as a as another drug and um yeah so that was my kind of theory on it. it was just that her body was like as courtney had said she you know she's been going going way too hard at this thing killing way too many people drinking way too much blood and then she's obviously had like three months worth of bliss in like a week it seems so <laughs> like yeah it's just like her body literally can't handle anymore and she just explodes yeah i think part of it is just like she achieved like what her entire goal in life was which was to paint her her swan song her masterpiece her yeah and uh once she achieved it it was like there's nothing left for her and like maybe she you know, internally combusted from that. I, I have to imagine that's a pretty depressing feeling, like knowing you painted the best thing that you're ever going to paint. And it, and it came at the expense of everyone you know and love. Mm. And also, um, yeah. And again, the painting was not that good at the end. <laughs> <laughs> see, I don't mind it. It's like, I think the painting... I was, was interested to see where it was going throughout it. But then like, I don't know. But I, like, the, I think it's all the people that she's known and loved that she's destroyed to hold herself up is what it is. And she's got a, like a halo. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a wild, wild movie and it's a nice, like it, we did with the battery and um, after midnight last week is there. It's a short one as well, which is um, always good with them. Like in horror movies, a lot of like these kind of ones are short, like an hour and a half, which is um, perfect for viewing. You know, you watch a smash out a couple in a night. So, yeah, they don't give you any breaks in it. So it is kind of like I would like to see. You know, you were talking about sinister and like the the heart rate level. I mean, yeah. this movie isn't as scary. It's more like a thriller. I don't. It's not even a thriller. It's just like kind of like I don't know what it is. This movie. I wouldn't like, even call it a horror movie, really. Oh, it's definitely a horror movie in the sense that it's it's gore and and death like that. And then it's horror. Like I've said to you, like the horror has many. Many different, there's like, because some people like Sinister wouldn't be scary to it all because they don't care about that shit, whereas gore is what they get and like some horror people like is like they want to, like, because that's what scare, like, scares them in a like, like there's a sadistic thing to it or, but right, it's like they enjoy, they enjoy being scared by the act of bodies being taken. Like that, that is a legitimate part of horror. And I think this is what this movie does is it, it's people being killed by a girl that's addicted addicted to many things including blood now and then you know there, there is some like when she's tearing at his achilles and you see the flesh tearing away like that is viscerally um horrific so that that is the whole like thing. george wentz arm really fucked me up because it's yeah. like she bit deep enough where it's just like it's just blood is just like blowing everywhere yeah 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 so that's the uh, that's the horror aspect of it i think is like um and yeah all i guess all of the 
pages refer to it as a horror film and that that to me is like that like i've i'm someone who just i can you know there's a lot of movies that are thrillers or whatever that i could say that they, there's a horror aspect to them that yeah so it's um definitely a different kind of horror movie but yeah bagos has definitely got a uh, unique style which is really cool um the neon there you when you watch vfw you see it again it's like loves a dark neon kind of and that's a very stylistic and I, I love that too like um bliss is the kind of movie that could exist in the same like um universe as nightcrawler in a weird way like imagine if that character like <laughs> was doing his nightcrawler activities and was like oh there's some lady draining people's blood like I love that. Like, even though they obviously very different films, I just love that dark, dark of night kind of different lighting, that kind of stuff. You know, um, yeah. I think I was on Bliss when I saw Nightcrawler, so <laughs> I need to <laughs> probably needs to be rewatched. Yeah, Nightcrawler is definitely one that will come up on the future of this podcast. I love that. Podcast. Well, yeah, it's it was really good the first time I saw it, but I think I missed. Like, I thought it was really good, but I didn't. Rewatches do help you get like the because the character there's so much depth to the, that character in that movie too. Just the way he manipulates is just terrifying. Like yeah. it's kind of like you're talking about of just like the human on human stuff is like that movie is probably scarier to me than most of the films you've recommended to me. Mm. Nightcrawler, like because it's just like the depravity of the human mind, basically yeah. and how far it can go, um, which is obviously the scariest part of all of this stuff. Yeah. All right, let's uh, do some tomatoes because i got to go to work soon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so this one has 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb. Um, so it's less than Sinister. <laughs> yeah. 53% on Metacritic, which I'm 99% sure is actually exactly the same as what Sinister was. <laughs> uh, 72% of Google users like the film, but it has an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. So, yeah. Again, like it's kind of probably the kind of movie that doesn't have nearly as many reviews as some bigger movies. Right. So like, but a lot of people that did review it probably went out of their way. Like, they might have been more genre reviewers, so they went out to see it. Um, and it, and it is well liked in the kind of horror community and stuff like that too. Like, and that the community of people that enjoy these films. So I think that does skew the Rotten Tomatoes up on it compared to a movie like Sinister, which would have had a lot of more reviews yeah a lot, the bigger lot, film yeah a lot of reviews from people that weren't exactly looking for that kind of film so yeah i'm gonna give it an 84 because i liked the world that it put me in a little bit more than sinister whereas sinister felt a little bit you know i gave sinister an 83 so mm. if we're like i don't know my numbers are always all over the place <laughs> oh yeah it's, it's it's just a week by week thing yeah so yeah. yeah, I'm probably about so, I'm probably at about the same as you. Yeah, I think it's a solid B as well. Um, I I I I really I really love it though. I think it's a, just don't think it's not like it's a classic, but it's a really for what it's do, like. I think it achieved whatever he was going for was exactly what he got in making this film. It's um exactly yeah, it's very good. It was very good at creating a new niche part of the vampire genre yeah which maybe like i don't you know i don't know it as well as you do but like this was like the the lost boys on like speed you know <laughs> so it's like that's cool like that it's a modern take on it and um i wasn't ever like scared in it but it was just like more like i was more interested in it and that's what i like in a scary movie kind of like i said about sinister i was like interested in like what is happening? Like, why is this happening? Rather than like, just like 
enjoying it for the craziness. Yeah. So I guess I said the opposite about Sinister. But the Sinister felt way like way more like studio than this one. Yeah, which, that makes which I guess it was. Like this is very much in yeah, a bit more of an indie kind of film. He um, took a lot of chances and I think they worked. Yeah, yeah, and definitely like a unique style with the camera and the, and the lighting and everything. Like it's it's very much um Oh yeah, I was going to say that earlier when you were talking about the it's like they do such a good job of like when she's on drugs of like portraying like what it can what I would think it could be like is that like you get all like yeah disoriented and like time doesn't make sense and people's like yeah I think yeah definitely they nailed that and again like I said I think it's a movie about drug addiction yeah <laughs> yeah and like, so. like like a lot of the horror we like it's like it, it talks about an issue without it being front and center it's just like it the, the, they use the horror genre to kind of I love that too is like yeah. when that's set, like when the part of the scary movie is, or the horror movie is secondary to like the actual story of what's going on I love that yeah like that's what you don't always get with horror movies so it's like when you get one like that it's very good yeah yeah so yeah yeah it'll be interesting to see what Joe Bagos does next um like VFW is like more of a action horror film and, and and it's very fun but yeah he's got certainly got like a uh, unique style and voice so it's really cool um yeah that's about it for this one um so yeah i'm gonna raise my i have a pint because I, i'm literally going to work so i'm out as usual by the end of the pod i, I got a red <laughs> I'll go, i got a red bull so um yeah I don't want to give shouts to the beer that I was drinking throughout this podcast. It's not good. <laughs> we'll just leave that one away then. Um, all right. So, yeah, we'll raise out, raise my uh, pint of, well, it's like half pint of Red Bull to uh, both Sinister. Half pint. <laughs> Sinister and Bliss, two films that, uh, yeah, do deal with um, the chase of success versus the uh, destruction of everything you love. Um, and great, just two two good films to throw into your uh, horror watching this this Halloween season if you're looking for something different. Um, so yeah, until next time, Shay, we'll raise some pints. I completely fucked that. We'll pour some pints, Every week. pop some corn, roll some film, uh, and we'll see you next week, Shay. Don't worry, David. I'll make you famous again. 